Well, Larry, we were talking about you going into coaching and wanting to go into coaching. Who were your mentors or who had a lot of influence on you as far as the, the type of coach you were? Well, again, the first person would be my dad who coached. And, uh, um, you know, I pretty much followed him around and watched him at practice and working with his teams. And I was what was called the towel boy back in those days, mm -hmm. listening on the huddles. And, and then my high school coach was a very, I mean, he, uh, he got us in shape. He got us to play together. Um, we, uh, we played a lot of zone defense, probably because I wasn't a very good defensive player, but, uh, uh, or maybe, maybe I was so small that he thought people would post me up. But, and then in, in college, uh, Coach Nelson, th those would be the three. But uh, I want to mention Jim Luchin. Uh, Jim Luchin is a gentleman I followed. My first college coaching job was at Central Methodist College, now university. And Jim Luchin is a gentleman I followed. And he was the athletic director during my time there. And he was such a good mentor to me. And then uh, Bob Eigelhart, who I was an at Northwest Missouri State. I was only an assistant for two years in my 51 years of coaching. Uh, and then, you know, all, all the outstanding assistant coaches I've been around, but mainly uh, those first three that I would mention uh, would be my dad and my high school coach, Tom McDaniel, and my college coach, Jim Nelson. Okay. Was it the demeanor that they had or the organizational skills that they had in practice? Uh, their tactical expertise? Uh, what was it that, that well, you I really... Had, you know, I had, I had not been coached by any, anybody else, but looking back on it, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm not a cusser, I'm not saying I've never said a bad word in my life, but, but uh, I never heard it. I, I never, I don't remember ever hearing a bad word in my home growing up. And then I, I go to uh, uh, and then Coach McDaniel comes in. I didn't hear any of that from him. I didn't hear it from Coach Nelson. Uh, uh, but I'm, just their demeanor, the type of people they were, the relationships they had with, with their wives and, and their children, they were just a great influence on me. And, and uh, uh, as were, the, as were uh, Jim, Jim Luchin at Central Methodist and Bob Eigelhart at, at Northwest. But uh, I, I was blessed to, to be, uh, I, I don't think I knew how how good I had it, uh, but uh, but I was very blessed with those gentlemen in my life. Did you adopt like their offensive plays or defensive plays or whatever, or did you? Well, when I like most guys, uh, when I first started coaching, I did what what I did in college. Uh, we played the shuffle offense, uh, yep. which you know, you know about, and I think you ran it maybe a little bit in your early years at, at Benedictine. I think I came up and scouted, and I, I looked at that offense. <laughs> It's a shuffle. And uh, for four years, uh, we played uh, the Drake shuffle. And silly me, I thought that was because we played Drake University. Their, their coach, Maury John, had gone to William Jewell College. And so we played them a couple of times. I thought the Drake shuffle was after Drake University, but it was after Bruce Drake, the coach at Oklahoma, found that later on. But, but uh, played that all, uh, all four years at Jewell. And our zone offense was – the shuffle were keeping the post player inside in the zone and then all the cuts you made in the shuffle without the screens. And so my first year at Harrisburg, Missouri, and my first four years at Central Methodist, that was our primary offense. Defensively, what we did at Jewel, my four years, we played a 2-2-1 press, the, the UCLA press. That was a good press. 
John, John Wooden won his first national title in Kansas City at Municipal Auditorium in 64. And then we played, uh, played a 1-3-1 one, one zone, similar to what uh, uh, Kentucky ran uh, a few years uh, with Coach Hall. Uh, so I, I was, it was mostly zone for me. I played very little man-to-man. -man. In high school, we played what is now called a plunger defense. And I used that some in, in college. Uh, uh, and if I had had a middle guy that could do that, when the ball's at the top of the key, it looks like a one-two-two when it's at the wing. That that guy at the point drops to the middle, it looks like a two-one-two. Two. And when it's in the corner, of course, all zones look like a two-three when it's in the corner. But he would drop. He would he would play the entire middle. And uh, I think I used to call it the plunger, but it was uh, our nickname uh, was the Huskies. Now. You look at me, I wasn't a Husky guy, but our nickname in high school were the Huskies. And so a lot of people called it the Husky one, two, two. But so I played pretty much, pretty much zone, but um, I, I went to a lot of clinics, uh, learned a lot about man to man and learned a lot from the assistant coaches that I was blessed to be around, but uh, pretty much used what I played in college initially in, in my coaching career. I know as you developed as a, as a coach, uh, as you moved up, moved throughout your career, you probably changed things and maybe even significantly towards the end of your career. How would you describe that compared to what you were doing earlier in your career? Well, I'll, I'll go back to my fifth, let's see, my, I was at Central Methodist six years. And uh, after my fourth year, I actually traveled out to uh, Colorado. I was recruiting a couple of players from Northeastern Community College and their, their coach, uh, Coach Edwards, had an offense he called spots and over uh, that he invented. It later became known as the flex. Uh -huh. and in the in the spots part of it, it was a four out, one in, four outs, you know, you, you pass down, you pick across. I mean, there were rules to it, but the post player most of the time moved to the ball, the balls at the wing, it got straight, he got straight line with the ball in the basket and all that's all those fundamentals. And then the over part of it was actually the, the flex cut. You pass guard to guard, and there was a cut over the center. Well, he called it over. And so my last, so I recruited one of those players. One of those players came and played for us at Central Methodist. And with phone calls back to him and with that player of his being in the program, I put in basically the flex offense. Hmm. So my last two years at uh, Central Methodist, we ran that. All four years at Central Methodist, at Northwest Missouri State, uh, uh, didn't use it as much my first two years as an assistant, but used it a little bit. And then my last two years as head coach, used spots and over, which is a flex. And then uh, my first, I think my first 12 years, maybe at, at uh, William Jewell, that was our primary offense. And then uh, <clears throat> I had a, a good group of freshmen that I had recruited. And I didn't want the returning players, I was kind of honored this way, I didn't want any of the returning players to have an advantage uh, over the freshmen because I knew the freshmen would have a chance to play a lot once they got there and, and learned the system. Mm -hmm. Looked for a new offense. I was also looking for a one guard front. And um, I, I do some of my best work in, in the restroom. And, and when I go to the bathroom, I'll take a book. Well, I, I took an article on, on the Fresno State's 1-4 offense. And Gary Colson was the coach. So I read it. I liked it. I called him, he sent me video, I talked to him back and forth and we put it in and we called it Fresno because I got it from Fresno State's coach, Gary Colson. Mm -hmm. So we ran that for a long time. And, uh, uh, and then my last two or three years, we were blessed to have uh, 
fours and fives who could handle the basketball. In fact, we started five guys who had played point at some time in their career. One was 6'6", six, six, one was athlete of the year at Jewel, and one was 6'5". Uh, both of them are playing professionally overseas, by the way. Mm. Even though we had a 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, they had both played point guard. So we went to a five out, went uh, much like you see on TV now with high pick and roll and open middle and get in there and have guys that, that can all dribble and pass and catch and shoot the three. I was a lot, lot smart. I'm always – I'm a lot smarter with good players on the floor. And I'm blessed. The, the Fresno offense was an inside offense, Joe. We, we tried to take it inside and uh, had the pleasure of coaching a couple of guys that played for you and Andrew Poston and Nick Larson. And Nick especially uh, was an outstanding player for us, uh, two-time All-American. And he would have been a three-time All-American, except we had to sit out a year between NAI and NCAA. We were NCAA conference-wise but we weren't eligible for any postseason awards or postseason play. Uh-huh. So being all American his senior year, but I uh, uh, was blessed with a lot of good post players, uh, really good. I, I, I think I, we had 18 all Americans uh, at William Jewell in my tenure and 14 of them played the four or the five. And so we were very, even though I liked the three point shot, I kind of liked the traditional three point play because, because you got the other team's big men in foul trouble a lot of the times. And, yeah. And that helped us late in the game. Um, you talked a little bit about your your growing up and being, um, I'll call it religious, you know, and, it, and we were religious when I was young too. Uh, hopefully I'm still religious. <laughs> did, uh, did you try to develop the whole person as opposed to just the basketball skills of the kids sure. who played we- for you? We, we did. And, uh, uh, you know, they're obviously the 3F model I, I, in your book that you followed. What's interesting about that is when I would sit down with parents, I, I would tell them, I said, here's, here's my priority for your, for your son. Uh, faith and family should be at the top, whichever order you have it in. Hopefully it's faith and then family. But, mm-hmm. but those should be the, the, top two priority, uh, the top two priorities I would have for your son. Third is clearly education. That's got to come next. We're not preparing players for the NBA. You know, hopefully we're preparing them for life. And then basketball comes after that. Now, did all of our players have their priorities in that order? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, but that's what I wanted for them. And that's that's what I talked to the, the family about on a recruiting visit. And um, now that we're having Zoom calls with former teams that I've, that I have coached, uh, they talk about family and how, how we actually uh, enabled them to, to create a new family of their own at William Jewell. We also had a chaplain for our basketball team and uh, very blessed to have that throughout. We would always say the Lord's Prayer, uh, you know, before every, every, every game, home or away. Um, and reading your book, there's, there's a lot of similarities there with what, what you uh, did with your program at Benedictine and uh, uh, proud to have done at William Jewell. Did uh, your faith influence the way you coached? Well, it, it did. And I think how I presented myself. Uh, I, uh, again, I, I was raised in a family where I never heard a bad word. I, I do, as you know, I'm writing a book, chapters is uh, uh, I, I really came from a broken home. Uh, 
my my dad was Baptist and mom and I went to the Christian church. That that was one of the few, uh, uh, I, want, I don't want to say big disagreements that they had, but uh, uh, it was, you know, it was important to me to, to present myself in a certain way. That's, that's the way it was presented by my family. Um, I had a chance to go to a baseball camp when I was growing up in high school and it, it got, it got opted out because of church camp. I went to church camp uh, seven straight summers at Crowder State Park in Trenton, Missouri, on the, I guess on the west side of Trenton. And uh, I had a chance to, to go to baseball camp or church camp and I went, by golly, I went to church camp. Also got to go to band, band camp at uh, Northeast Missouri State a couple of times. But you now religion has, has, has been, I, I don't force it on them, but uh, uh, certainly uh, encourage them to be involved. And, and that's certainly something that, that uh, I profess to the parents and to the student athletes that we have. Uh, William Jewell, were they required to go to certain uh, faith classes? Uh, we were. We were required to go to chapel twice a week when I was there. Hmm. Uh, I'll tell you something about my grade point. I was an okay student. I had a 3-1, somewhere along there, 3-1-4. But if you never missed uh, chapel, one, week, one day a week it was chapel, one day, day a week it was convocation, and you were required to go. And if you missed a certain number, you had to take extra hours to graduate at William Jewell College. I mean, they wow. when you were there, now somebody could be sitting in your seat, but if that seat was empty, you got marked absent. But if you never missed, Joe, if you never missed in a semester, you got an extra honor point on your grade point average. Nice. To look, if you were to look at my uh, transcript, Larry Holly has eight extra honor points, one for each of the eight semesters I went to Jewel. I needed that to get it stay at 3.0. But if you never missed, and I never missed, I, I wasn't giving up on that at that one point. But yes, we, and we were required to take uh, uh, Old Testament and New Testament. Now, those those have changed at Jewel. Uh, we're no longer affiliated with the Missouri Southern Baptist Convention. But when I was there, uh, you took Old, Old Testament in the fall and then you took New Testament in the spring. And uh, I didn't take any other religion classes uh, beyond those, but uh, absolutely and, and enjoy those classes. When, when you were coaching, um, did you ever lose your temper in, in practices? Uh, yes. Yes, and, I, and I'm slow. I, I'm slow to anger. I will tell you that I'm I am slow to anger. Uh, but you know, it didn't happen very often. But uh, I, I would I would have my moments. Uh, I try not to use any bad language. Mm -hmm. In fact, I had a rule that that if a player said a bad word in practice, they went to the baseline and the entire team did a down and back. Mm -hmm. um, and if it, if it happened again in the same practice, it was down and back twice. Uh, I had an instance where it, it happened three times. And after the third one, the captain, who was a senior point guard on our team, and he, he, he said, Coach, I need to talk to these guys. So he got them all over because they, they now run a sprint and two sprints and then four sprints. And I did it in a certain amount of time. I timed them. Didn't make the time they had to repeat it. So he gets him in the huddle and just gets after him. He probably said a bad word while he's talking to him. We're not, don't say <laughs> more bad words. We're going to have to do eight sprints. Not 10 minutes later, that player said a bad word. <laughs> One of the funny moments of my, of my coaching career to the baseline and they had to do eight down and back. Oh my goodness. Oh <laughs> my story. goodness. That's but tough. Yeah, I, I, I would lose, you know, on occasion, not, 
very seldom, but but I would, and and it probably was more effective that way because I didn't, I did, I very seldom did, and it was it kind of got their attention if I did, but yeah. uh, on occasion, but very seldom. Were you ever ejected from a game? Good question. The answer is no. Ah, I how many years you, did you coach? Forty something. Fifty one. Fifty one years and never got ejected. Never got ejected. But let me tell you a story. My. Uh, the best team I, I coached at Jewel, and I had a lot of good ones, was our 87-88 team. We went 32-2. and two. Uh, We uh, got to the quarterfinals of the national tournament at Kemper, lost a team that lost to Grand Canyon in the championship game, lost by two. But we're undefeated, and we're playing at Washburn. And I know you had your, uh, your uh, big-time games against Washburn. That was a big rival of yours when you played at Benedictine. Yeah. But Washburn, they had won the national championship, NAI, in 1987. Right. This is the next year. So we're playing at Washburn. They had a 24-game home court winning streak. And we're undefeated. Now, they're obviously undefeated. And we play at their place. And uh, I had been to uh, – my wife bought me an outfit for Mr. Guys. And it was, it was, it was in the show window. I mean, I was, I had, I was dressed to the – Mr. Guy Nines. So I, I was I was really gussied up. So anyway, the game's going on, and, and uh, Washburn had a really good post player, and he kept planting his right foot in the lane. And there was two-man crew. And so this happened time and time again, and they're throwing it into him, and he's been in there for half an hour. So I start this one time, I start counting. And I, you know, one, two, <laughs> They don't I like that. that. <laughs> uh, and, and the second time I did that, uh, there was a whistle and I got a technical foul for <laughs> doing their job because they couldn't count the three fast enough for me. So now it's in the second half. Now, at this time, it took three technicals to get kicked out of a game. Okay. So it's the second half and the officials are not doing as well as I thought they should be doing. And I'm, I'm sure I said something. And uh, I got a second tee. Well, in the crowd, the place was packed. Uh, and my assistant coach, Lee Character's wife, has a great sense of humor. And she knows way too much about basketball because she would, she would ask Lee why we changed to a zone or why we were <laughs> bounce play. She knew way too much. Well, anyway, so she's sitting in the crowd across from, the, from our bench, and she's got Washburn people all around her. Yeah. And so I get my second tee, and the guy from Washburn turns to her and says, well, why did you get that second count, uh, that second technical? She said, well, look at the way he's dressed. <laughs> Brand new outfit on. It was plaid, plaid jacket, uh, but I had a, I believe I had a yellow shirt on and a multicolored polo tie. And oh, it, was, it was in the show. It, it, was, it was Mr. Guy. I was dressed exactly as it was presented. But that was her comment. Well, look at the look at the way he's dressed. So two T's in a game, but it was when it took three to get kicked out, and it was at Washburn, and we won that game. You won we, it. We won it, and we finished. Uh, we we were nineteen and zero before we lost. We lost at Baker, and it was a big win. That that basketball is still in Baker's trophy case. Uh, oh. they, we were the only undefeated team in the nation, NCAA Division One, Two, and Three NAI at the time. And number five in the nation, and uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I had two T's in a game. Today that would get me booted. But uh, there's probably been times I probably should have been booted. 
but I have, I didn't have a lot of T's in my, in my coaching career. Yeah. I, I didn't have many myself, but I actually did get booted one time. It was against mid America. I was so <laughs> angry. We we're playing them at our place. And uh, it just seemed like every time we played them, Every, anytime there was a question, we'll call it, always went their way. Well, absolutely. I felt the same way about Mid-America. They did. Every every call went their way. <laughs> yeah, that night, I just, I had it, and I said something. And then, uh, you know, referees are extremely sensitive. <laughs> and I said something. So, so I got a T. And the reason I got the T is because they went to the line 20-some times, and we had gone to the line twice at our place. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. when they finally called a foul on them in the second half, I just turned to our crowd and just went, can you believe it? <laughs> they called a foul on Mid-America. <laughs> and, and, uh, and brrr, you know, you get the, get the tea. And, and so I turn around and, and then I, and I'm, I'm angry now. And then I'm, so I start talking to one of their, one of the referees standing right next to me. I was talking to him and a referee that was down in front of Mid-America's bench for some reason, decided I did I deserved a second technical. <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking to this referee here, you know, and I'm I'm angry, but I'm not cursing or anything like that at the time. <laughs> and he calls this tea on me. Well, that throws me out of the game. Right. Then they heard the cursing, and I hardly ever <laughs> ever cursed. But I just went off, and uh, they had to pull me over, you know. And I went into the locker room and uh, had to watch on our good TV the rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, good for you. But, uh, well, listen, Larry, did, I'm going to take... Did, did you ahead. win the game? Heck no. <laughs> we did. We did catch up a little bit after I left, which kind of shows how good of a coach I was. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I think we're going to take another break, Larry, and then we'll come back. When we do, I'm going to talk to you some about your recruiting and, and how you went about doing that. Okay. Very okay? good. Thanks. <laughs> 